Welcome to Use Smart Money to Build a Dry Eye Practice. This podcast is part of the Smart Money series produced by Review of Optometric Business for our sponsor, Care Credit. We're speaking with Dr. Jill Showalter, whose practice, Eye Doctors, is located in Vienna, West Virginia. In this series, we'll look at three aspects of the dry eye specialty, establishing the facility, developing and promoting dry eye services, and staff training. In each aspect, we examine how offering patient financing is part of the formula for success. Dr. Showalter, welcome. It's a pleasure to speak with you and to hear your insights about how you've succeeded in your dry eye practice. Hello. Let's begin by talking about establishing the dry eye facility. Now, Jill, in your case, you jumped on a great opportunity to open a separate facility, a dry eye center of excellence, just a few doors down from your office? Yes. There was a dental center that had gone out of business in the same strip mall, just a few doors down from my office. And it was at a point where my office was really over busy and packed and we were out of space and the dry eye was taking off and I was trying to figure out how to fit that in. And this opportunity opened up that didn't need a lot of remodeling and we were able to expand the practice without having to move to a new location. Tell our listeners some of the details about that. How many square feet do you have in your regular office and the new space for the dry eye center? How big is that? So the original office space is 5,000 square feet and also contained our surfacing and finishing lab. The new space is 2,200 square feet, and we were able to move also the surfacing and finishing lab out into that space to free up some more space at our main eye doctor's clinic. Tell me something about Vienna, West Virginia. What kind of town is it? What's your uh, patient base like? Our patient base is pretty broad. We are a fairly small town, kind of industrial area, I would say just pretty average America. Uh-huh, sure. And is this a, a new practice you began, or do I understand you came into practice with your father, also an optometrist? Yes, my father and I opened the practice in 2005 together, and I took over the business from him in 2012. He still practices there a little bit part-time. Uh-huh, wonderful. And tell me about the size of your practice. How many full-time equivalent ODs do you have? We have two full-time equivalent ODs, including myself, my father, and then two doctors that practice there part-time with us. And I'm curious how you deploy the ODs between the two spaces. Are you mostly in the dry eye center? Have you allocated more time to the associates in the main clinic? Yes, I'm in the dry eye center one full day a week, and they, I'm the only one there. The other doctors are just practicing at the main location. And with that separate facility, or there one day a week, what's your growth plan? What do you hope to achieve? Do you have any kind of timeline when that might occupy several days a week or an entire week? I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm kind of at the point where I'm as busy as I want to that one day a week and trying to figure the next step. Yeah. What's the patient flow? How many patients per hour do you see at your main office? At the main office, we typically have two doctors there both most days a week, and we each of us sees four patients, four exams an hour. Yeah, and in the dry eye clinic, how uh, what kind of volume are you seeing? What kind of growth are you seeing there? I'm typically seeing three patients an hour, and that is enough. It may take a little more time, so that was helpful getting them out of the main office flow because when we tried to do the dry eye in the main office, there was a little bit of created a flow issue. Okay. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, one of the things that people always talk about is the kind of bottleneck at the front desk where some are coming in, some are going out and paying, some are picking up contact lenses. And if you have somebody who's there for a more medical issue, is that something that, that creates a, a kind of a bottleneck or is a flow problem that you have gotten over 
with the separate facility? It has helped tremendously. We try to really focus on keeping our exams 45 minutes or less, getting them from the door into optical in 45 minutes or less. And when we started really treating the dry eye patients, they take a lot more time in counseling and it was creating a problem. So moving them out really helped us to keep our regular patient flow going and giving them the time that they needed. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me something of the, if there is a typical dry eye patient in terms of, is it an older patient or now we're seeing reports of dry eye among younger consumers that uh, use digital devices or work in dry environments and so forth. What sort of needs come out of the demographic of your dry eye patient? Most of them are older patients, middle-aged to older, but we do definitely have younger patients that are computer users that are having dry eye issues. And how do you, I think you had told me that the environment there in the dry eye center is a little bit different from your regular office, more of a concierge kind of environment. You have a beverage center, it's more relaxed, it's a different kind of a, a feel than the regular office. Yes, my goal was to kind of create a spa, more like a spa experience for the patient, getting them to feel relaxed and comfortable. And we added a beverage center, we have coffee, snacks, cold beverages. We also have music that we can change from time to time. We have a SiriusXM subscription there. And I think that gets them relaxed and more receptive and more willing to maybe accept a, a higher paying treatment than they would in a busy hustle bustle feeling rushed to get through kind of practice. Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of a context, I guess. Are there a part also from the optical or do you have uh, some amount of eyewear that's on display in the uh, dry eye center? Not at all. Not at all. Um, so I, I really was, was trying to create it as a place where other practitioners could refer their patient, and there is no reference to glasses or contact lenses. It is only dry eye, so that so that other practitioners feel confident the patient will come back to them for those other services. That's a good thought. So they're not seeing some sort of competition with their own optical sales. Oh, very interesting. And you had told me also that you have created a consultation room. So there's some level of privacy on the intake. Is that what it's used for? So the consultation room is, is after, let me back up, that we have kind of a pre-test area where all the preliminary testing, the lipiscan, pure osmolarity, inflammatory is done, and then they go to the exam room and I test them and then present to them their treatment plan with explanation of, of why each piece is critical. And I, I try to do that in a summary style. And then the scribe who's been with me and has heard everything goes with them into the consultation room to prepare a list for them of each of the treatments that I have prescribed and go over it with them in more detail and, and how to do the lid scrubs and how to do all those pieces. Yeah, very interesting. And tell me something of the appearance of the dry eye center from the outside. Does it have any similar signage to your regular office? Does it have your name on it, for example, or is it entirely different in appearance? It is entirely different. Okay. And its name is? Dry Eye Center, West Virginia. Dry Eye Center, West Virginia. And do you draw referrals from a wider area than your usual patients that are coming to you? Yes. Yes. Just last week, I had a patient that drove over an hour and a half that was referred by an optometrist some distance from us. I've had several that have come hour and a half to two hours that just heard about us and were desperately seeking relief. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. That's wonderful. You've been able to expand in that sense. And as you say, from an appearance point of view, you're not competing with the doctors that are referring to you. You're providing a, a dry eye service that perhaps they, they do not or do not as intensely as you do. 
Tell me now about patient financing. How do you use that in terms of your signage and your presentation? Because now they're in, your patient is not in your office. They're in a premium environment. They're in a, well, I guess it's a for pay uh, service that they're, they're looking at generally. So how does patient financing play a role in, in your success there? My staff is trained even from the initial contact. If the patient is bringing up any kind of payment, you know, I have insurance, what's my payment going to be? They, they are kind of trained to introduce care credit right at the beginning of the conversation with the patient. Once they're in the office, we try to continue that message. We do have signage. And during the dry eye exam, if I have prescribed something that's very pricey, like true tear or the Lipiflow treatment, I don't say care credit, but at the, you know, right at the beginning, I say, you know, this is the cost of the treatment, but we have some financing options and it, it makes it an easy monthly payment. And then that sets the stage for the scribe to have that more detailed conversation, but it kind of takes away the patient. Oh my gosh. You know, when they hear the total dollar amount, they're kind of a little bit put off, but when they hear that it can just be a small monthly payment, that tends to calm their concerns. Okay, great. What percentage of your patients take advantage of patient financing? A little over 50% of our Lipiflow patients have used the care credit to finance it. Oh, very good. Yeah, that is a premium treatment. It is not inexpensive, although the price has come down, I guess. And that is presented how? That's, you say, your staff talks about it early on, and then it comes up again. And how do you phrase that? How do you uh, cheat your staff to, to phrase that in terms of having that option available? They just present it as a way to be able to afford the treatment, and they offer them that they can go ahead and apply right there in the office or take it home and apply. Most of our patients apply right there in the office. Okay. And as you say, over half have opted to do that. And so that's been a big part of your success, would you say? Yes, definitely. Okay, great. Well, we uh, really appreciate your insights. And for our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast and find it useful in your practice. Thank you to Dr. Jill Showalter of Eye Doctors in Vienna, West Virginia, for your insights on using smart money to build a dry eye practice. Please listen to other episodes in this podcast series, which is developed by Review of Optometric Business and sponsored by Care Credit. This content is subject to change without notice and is offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual business, financial, legal, tax, and or other advisors with respect to any information presented. Care Credit, Synchrony Financial, and any of its affiliates collectively, Synchrony, make no representations or warranties regarding this content and accept no liability for any loss or harm arising from the use of the information provided. All statements and opinions in this series are the sole opinions of Jobson Medical Information, LLC. Your receipt of this material constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.